0: Yes, it's time to go. Where? On a major motion picture quest. What? Yes, it's got galaxies and Uh, Buzz Lightyear, but uh, as a person. uh, And I don't mean the new Pixar
1: movie. Oh. Uh, See what I did there? I
0: remember. Ah, yes. What are we talking about? Wait. Yes.
1: No. Chris Evans is that one.
0: I prefer Pine.
1: Ah, okay. Anywho. Connor. Yes, sir. My name is Marshall. Oh, hi, Marshall. My name's Connor. I'm here in the Cinema Lounge. Let me try to fix my headphones again. There we go. I fixed it. Um, This is the same thing that happened on the last episode, As I pressed too many buttons and then my headphones got confused. Mm. Um, But we're back again. It's me, Marshall, from the Cinema Lounge. Uh, uh, I forgot what the intro was.
0: I don't know, but I'm Connor Brand, and some of you may know me. Some of you may not know me. Yeah. I just sit here and drink my Sprite and talk
1: about movies. Yeah um but yeah this is cinema lounge so welcome back to the show this is cinema lounge where we talk about movies that we think are great and um that's what it is i'm marshall and that's connor connor's been on the show a few times yeah for batman versus superman yeah
0: every Justice time we League. did the uh batman yeah superman
1: man of steel bvs snyder, snyder
0: cut snyder cut oh yeah um Jurassic park no that was your sister that bryce. was bryce yeah. i know we look alike but
1: exactly the same <laughs> yikes exactly
0: um, the same yeah, I'm trying to remember what the last one I was. I don't know. What was the last one you was?
1: Was it Justice League? I thought you did more than that. Can't be. Can't be. Can't be. Not allowed. <laughs> well, you know what?
0: It's going to come to us. Raiders. Uh, it was Raiders. Andy that Andrew makes Jones. Sense. I wore the hat and everything. How yeah, we got a funny hat. picture. Yeah, check out the socials for that picture if it still exists.
1: It does. It's at Cinema Lounge Pod on Instagram. You can find it. It's a good photo. And you can also find all kinds of other updates of, of about the show that I put there every few months. I'm good at my job. Uh, but, Connor, yeah. we're here to talk about a movie.
0: Yes, we're here to talk about a movie that is actually very near and dear to my heart. Yeah. I was first introduced to this movie when I was a young boy. And How my young? dad. So I was so young yeah. that I didn't know what good jokes were. So that would put me around... Uh 25. Just kidding. <laughs> no, <that> would... <laughs> See? Still don't know what a good joke is. I thought it was okay. <laughs> so I was around eight years old when I first nice. saw this movie. Um, that's not accurate, but I think it is. Close enough. And we were just flipping through the channels, and my dad stopped on this movie, <laughs> and basically I was enthralled. Yeah. It was the CGI incredible. Yeah. The acting incredible. The concepts. I don't didn't remember. Didn't get it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get it, but I was here for it. Yeah. Are you ready for me to announce? Yes. This movie was what? Star Trek Beyond. Just kidding. Ah! No. I I lied. It's actually the knockoff version of a knockoff. Yeah. It's Galaxy Quest.
1: it's the, what is the It's a knockoff of a knockoff?
0: Yeah. So, Star Trek. Star Trek? Yes. Generations is a knockoff of Star Trek, and this is a Star Trek. <laughs> no, I don't know That's anything. Not true. Do you not know that? No, I don't watch Star Trek, bro. I watch Galaxy Quest, dude. Oh my uh, god. Either way, I just thought it would be very pertinent to talk about this movie because this is all about actors, yeah, getting pulled into space based on the characters they used to play, yeah, on TV. Which, if you've been paying attention to recent news, just William Shatner—he just went to space. He just went to space. Yeah. So there wasn't a more fitting movie than this one right but here. I didn't for this even week. think about that. That's why I'm high concept. You're just Marshall. cool guy. Yep.
1: Just a super cool
0: guy. Yeah. What's your experience with the movie, Marshall?
1: Um, I have seen it previously. I don't remember uh, when or why, but I have, and I liked it. And I remember being really fond of it, and then I watched it again, and I really, really liked it. I just finished it again a little bit ago, like yeah, like 30 all... minutes ago. Yeah, mine was
0: about two hours ago, and I didn't make any notes.
1: Yeah, I took a few notes. Mm, yeah. Enough. Enough notes for the both of us. Hmm. Yeah, maybe.
0: Well, the first thing I want to talk about is just the outstanding cast So good. in this movie. So good. <laughs> You have Tim Allen, yeah. Sigourney Weaver, yeah. Alan Rickman, yeah. Sam Rockwell, who's just the greatest in everything he ever does. The guy who plays Monk, I don't know his name. Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, that's a normal thing to know. Yeah, he was in uh, Spy Kids one. You know, he, he was, was minion. Was he? Yeah, he was minion. He was <laughs> next in, to
1: Floop. Oh yeah,
0: he was uh, the guy who runs the pawn shop in Men in Black. Mm-hmm. He was in this kind of okay movie called Thirteen Ghosts. Kind of weird.
1: Oh, is he in 13 Ghosts?
0: Tower of Terror, I think.
1: There's a Tower of Terror movie?
0: Oh, yeah. We'll watch. We'll do that some other time.
1: Isn't there a new Tower of Terror movie happening?
0: Yes. Disney won't repackage anything. Or no, they'll repackage everything.
1: How about that? Everything and nothing.
0: And little known fact, yeah. while I was watching all of the background characters, all of the aliens who come and take them onto their ship, yeah. they are all like up and coming sci-fi yeah. actors. Yeah. And you've got Rain Wilson.
1: First ever role was this movie. Really?
0: First ever role? Yeah. You've got Justin Long, who's just a yeah. teenager. Genslinger <laughs> yeah. from New Girl. Yeah. And he's very in good. in this movie. Yes. So nerdy. Right before Dodgeball, too. Mm. This mm-hmm. might have been one of his first roles as well.
1: Probably. 1999. Just an
0: outstanding cast. And also... Well, we can talk about that later. We can talk yeah. about that later. What stood out to you about this
1: movie? Um, well, I think, first of all, with the movie Galaxy Quest, um, we talked about it very, very briefly, but basically what it's about is these... Um, it's it's Imagine the cast of Star Trek, right, in current times. Mm. They're at a convention. They're doing the convention thing, and they're all just their regular washed-up actor people, and then uh, these aliens see the episodes of star trek and they think oh this is real this is who we need these to are to save the,
0: us these are the historical documents yeah of our race of, of planet earthlings Earth. yeah yes
1: why have we never seen these people out in space before doesn't matter Crazy. we'll go find them they got stuff to do but they needed help this alien race who are kind of like stupid um they need help with uh St- stravis Star Starvis? I can't remember. I just watched Jarvis? it. Jarvis? Uh, Iron Man's artificial they needed, Yes, they were fighting Jarvis. They would lose. Uh, but it's, it's. I don't know. He looked like Hopper from Bug's Life, so I'm going to call him <laughs> Hopper because I true. can't remember his name. He was name. very Locust-like. Yeah, yeah. He, he, was, he even had the <laughs> little things that would I, pop out. I noticed that. Yeah.
0: And I will say that the aliens that are the bad guys in this yeah. movie, the design and just very the unique. makeup. Unique. Also very good. Yeah. The like, practical gave, effects
1: in this are all great.
0: Yeah, it gave me flashbacks to, um, oh gosh, Lord of the Rings. Really? Yeah, seeing the Urukai, I was like, they kind of have the same, like, presence and just stature.
1: Interesting.
0: I'd be I fascinated,
1: know. I just... Hold on. I'm reaching. He's reaching. I just got next month, and I think we're probably going to watch it for the show, actually. Okay. Next month is the 20th anniversary of Fellowship of the Ring. I just passed Connor my newly purchased 4K copy of the extended editions of the original trilogy. Wow. So we'll probably po- talk about um, Fellowship next month. We'll see what that looks like. I'm not sure, but uh, I'm excited about it. It's yeah, movie. I'm
0: excited too, because Helm's Deep is going to be Helm's Close. Am I right? Hey. <laughs> hey, 4K HD digital code. You can
1: see it all. Um, but I'd be interested to see. I feel like this effect is better more just because this effect being i'm pointing at lord of the rings just because it's less of a full like puppet costume and more of just like applied makeup Mm. so you're getting more of the actor's face but i feel like that's also hard to compare to a certain degree just because there is a a different level of prosthesis happening in galaxy quest
0: yes this was the most polite disagreement i've ever heard thank you for this
1: no problem (laughs) yeah yes but um saris saris Sarah I don't know. He's not a memorable I keep villain. thinking Saren be. now because I've been playing Mass Effect and that's the bad guy <laughs> in the first Mass Effect. Okay, But uh, the, the story of the movie, yes, they go, these aliens are having trouble with this bad guy, Hopper, we'll call him because I feel like it. Saren, yeah. whatever, Locust Man. Mm-hmm. And they go to find essentially Captain Kirk, who they think is real. And these washed up actors have to be themselves and not be themselves, but be their characters and figure out who they are Mm -hmm. in through that yes and the whole time the
0: alien race that brought them onto the ship believes they are the galaxy's greatest heroes yeah because in the tv show they played the galaxy's greatest heroes yeah so every time the actors are unsure it is reinforced that these aliens are like ah the master at work like this is incredible. Oh, no, thank you. You're the best. You're
1: the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Uh,
0: and it's just, it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. The moment when the uh, the guy who steers the ship, whose name I can't remember, um, is like <laughs> Tim Tommy. Allen. Is this name Tommy? I think his name's Tommy. <laughs> Sounds right. Tim Allen tells him, you know, take the ship out. Let's Head go. Out to the middle. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, oh, uh, Yes. Take the ship out. I will. I will do that now. Because <laughs> it's all like it's all made up. And throughout the movie, you see them like just having to figure out how to use the ship because none of it makes sense. Because it's all based on just the TV show yeah. where nothing makes sense and none of it is real.
0: Which the MacGuffin at the end yeah. that you don't understand the entire movie until it happens. That runs on something similar to just how the. Well, actually, we can get into that later. Yeah. We'll get into that a yeah. little bit later. So, Marshall, while we're still on the point of the cast, yes. you know, we have Tim Allen, Alan Rickman. Ooh, Tim Allen. The Allen Tim Allen Rickman. Yes. Actors of not equal quality, yeah. but Tim Allen does a really favoritism. good job in this. Yeah, he does. He yeah. plays a great Shatner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which he, I think he might be turning into a Shatner type himself already. Yeah. <laughs> so, great yeah. casting. Great casting. Whoever directed that. Um, but I just wanted to mention, towards the end, when Alan Rickman, he's kind of having this heart-to-heart with one of the aliens who has kind of watched him in these historical documents, the TV yeah. show. And he's like, I I just, I, I'm a really big fan. Like, you are like a father to me because I was raised by you on, yeah. on this, like, TV show, these yeah. documents. And the whole time, since he's a wash-up actor, Alan Rickman... He's so annoyed by people coming up to him and saying his, you know, tagline by grab Thar's hammer. Yeah. I will avenge you. <laughs> and at the end, he just has this character realization when this alien dies, that this means so much to him. Yeah. And he, I think it's probably the best acting in the whole movie.
1: Honestly, I wrote in my notes. I think that that is the same caliber for me for like serious acting in a funny movie. I think that's on the same level as Mandy Patinkin in his final fight in um, uh, Princess Bride as you know, Inogo Montoya. Uh-huh. Because, like, every time you watch that, like, it's so powerful. And I think it's it's the same thing here. Like, I, and, there, you know, there's all kinds of, there's the story behind that scene for, for Inigo and, and uh, Mandy that his father had passed away. Mm. So that scene was, like, super emotional for him in real life. Gotcha. I thought he just I doubt hated that, yeah, the, the, uh, the six-fingered man. I thought he just hated guys with extra fingers. Uh, don't we all? But I, I doubt that there was anything like that for Alan Rickman in this, but he still mm-hmm. did a really good job in that moment. I, oh, I, yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of the movie by far.
0: Now, was he already cast as Professor Snape at this point? When exactly did this movie come that's out? That's a good
1: point. This was 1999, and I believe the first Harry Potter was 2001.
0: Wow. So yeah. this, this made him into Professor Snape. This is where I he I think this Professor is the tragedy. Snape. Where he unlocked that acting potential to become yeah. Professor
1: Silver Not him Snape. getting thrown off of Nakatomi Plaza.
0: No, that was that was prior. That was uh It was I prior.
1: Heard. It was, yes. Mm. But that, that's not that's not the one, that's not the key? No. That, that unlocks the, the, the chest that is Snape? No.
0: Oh, no. This chest full of secrets? I know we don't <laughs> I know we don't have secrets? enough time to go into the complexities. And the passion I have for Harry Potter.
1: Do you love Harry Potter?
0: Yeah, I do. Really? I, it's on my keychain. It's. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm quite a big fan. Hmm. Fun fact for all you listeners, all 22 of you. One could call you a pothead.
1: Nope. <laughs> that's not what at all. They, That's what they call them. Nope. Not at all. Everyone says, "Yeah, I'm a pothead. I love Harry Potter." No, that's what they call them. I don't want to. You be never, you never heard that? Don't refer to me as that. <laughs> no, thank you. You mean my favorite one? Okay. So, <laughs> moving on. Yeah.
0: Yes. So, the farther you get into the movie, the more you start to realize that, man, these guys are just weighing over their heads. Yeah, very much. What would you say is one of your favorite, like, realization moments that they're just actors? They don't know what they're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of like silly reactions throughout the whole thing of like Sam Rockwell's scream when they first get transported, (laughs) which is really good, which was unscripted too. So when Sigourney Weaver like jumps and freaks out when he screams, that's just Sigourney Weaver jumping because he screamed and she didn't know it was going to happen. Um, which is very good. I, I always go back and I watch that a second time. Um, but, uh, like that's funny and then them after they see like the guy getting tortured on the screen and they're mm-hmm. all running back that's funny it is funny but the best one has to be when Tim Allen has to explain to this alien that they are not the guys that you know they're actors or that they're liars yeah. which is what you know the aliens understand at that point cuz the aliens they
0: have never had a concept of acting yeah playing pretend it wasn't until they interacted with the bad alien that they figured out. Wait, he's not coming through on everything he says he's gonna do. Yeah. What is
1: this? Oh, deception and lies.
0: Yeah. So they have no concept of acting, TV, anything like that. Yeah.
1: So it's a it's a complete woo for them. Yeah. This is the great moment when Sigourney Weaver's like, "You don't think Gilligan's Island is real?" And they're like, <gasps> "Those poor people." <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. That, <laughs> like, that's great. That is fantastic. It's very good. Um, one of my favorite, if you would call this a meta joke, sure, is the fact that Sam Rockwell's character, yeah. he was never a character on the original show. He was an extra. Yeah. And the fact that he's at the Comic-Con where they all kind of are at at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And he's, you know, trying to pick up women, trying to be a part of the crew. And he's
1: hosting the panel. Yeah. He's yeah. doing
0: a great job because Sam Rockwell's just charismatic as can yeah. be. But the fact that He only played a side character in one episode, and he's trying to relive this fame, but then gets pulled into this big, elaborate journey, and then when they go to find a new engine core, he just starts complaining because he's like, man, you guys don't even know my name. My name's Guy. Do you even know my last name? Do I have a last name? And Sigourney Weaver's just like, Guy, you have a last name. He's like, what is it? Do I? (laughs) And and while they're on that planet, they come across a sub alien species that is pretty brutal to their own kind.
1: The little babies with the big teeth.
0: Little babies with the fish it, like fish fins. Little baby, big teeth. Yeah, they're like walking baby piranhas. Yeah, yeah. that's probably a good depiction. Yeah. But basically, <laughs> they're trying to get this orb that is like this ball that will. It's their engine core. That is a ball. Yeah. yeah. That's the engine core. And so to distract these aliens, they say, Well, let's do uh this from episode 81 scene this. Yeah. And Guy just starts freaking out. <laughs> yeah. And he just says, You wanna do episode 81 of season two? Yeah. I die in that episode, man. That's my <laughs> one episode. It's like, we'll do eighty three. We're do it it's it's episode eighty three. Yeah. No, guy, you're not gonna
1: die. Yeah. Oh. It's so good. But then like the continual thread with him, the running joke with him is that he's trying to figure out like what archetype of character he is yeah. in this story of like i'm i'm like because in star trek it's the red shirts that yeah. are like the security guys and they always get killed first so there's that moment where he's like i'm the one who gets killed to show that things are serious yeah but and in the end like, you're the comic relief tony, tony Shaloub's character calls him and all that but then he becomes security, the security officer <laughs> yeah. in the new version of the TV show. Uh,
0: full circle. Yeah. And while we're talking about the archetypes for each character, so you have your Tim Allen, who's your Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk. Commander Taggart, yeah. or
1: yeah, Tuggins, J- something, Tuggins. something Taggart, John yeah. Taggart, I John, don't
0: know. Jason Taggart, something along those lines. Jason. And then Bauman. you have um, Alan Rickman is Spock. the Spock and Leonard Nimoy character, yeah. where he's British and he was a theatrically like trained actor. yeah like a
1: shakespeare level dude. yeah and
0: he's just having mental breakdowns the entire time yeah and then you have sigourney weaver who fantastic fantastic actress. very good kind of weird kind of great you know she yeah. does her thing she is supposed to be lieutenant uhura and all she yeah. does is just she's the only one who can communicate with the computer
1: and by communicate with the computer you mean she's she the just only repeats one repeats what the computer tells them
0: yeah but she's the only one who can ask the computer questions oh so they need her, but that is her only job, and she hates it. Yeah. It's fantastic. Anyway, so getting on to more of the plot
1: points. And then Tommy. Don't forget Tommy. Oh, Probably shoot. is his name. Yeah. He's, he's Sulu.
0: That's fair. Yeah, he who's the, the one? Man. He's the kid who drives the plane. Yeah. And by plane, I mean spaceship. Star, starship.
1: Stars. stars, and ships. He could also be kind of like a Wesley Crusher type a little bit, but I see that more as the John, uh, Justin Long character.
0: Yeah, and was Monk. I forgot his name already. Scotty. Scotty. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was the guy who beam beat me up. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that yeah. makes, sense. That makes or, sense. I
1: guess Chekhov too, because Chekhov did that as well. Oh sure. no, I broke the thing again.
0: Ah, stop breaking the thing. It's
1: fine. Would you fix the thing, Connor? Everyone. I will try everyone, we're this fixing one. the thing. Is it this one? Wait, I think we did it. Don't touch I it. I did it. We okay. Did it. it was perfect and I did it.
0: Lies. I did it myself. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh man. And there was one more part that I wanted to talk about. Oh, the MacGuffin of the entire yeah. thing. So there is this cliffhanger in the TV show yeah, where it's called the Omega 13. Yeah. And the show finished before they could explain what this big mechanism did. Yeah, it
1: was a two part episode and the second episode never came out. The first episode was apparently also unreleased as well. Mm-hmm. But they have it for some reason. It's not entirely clear. But there's we don't know what happens with
0: it. Yeah. And the aliens have built their entire civilization based around everything from this TV show. Yeah. So they built the Omega 13, but they have no idea what it does. Yeah. And they leave it up to fan speculation. The Justin Long character who is just a Comic-Con kid. Yeah. And they swap translators at one point or communicators. And he's walking them through and he's like, I have this theory that the Omega 13 is actually this thing and um, it's going to be such a huge deal because it either destroys the universe in like three seconds or or it rewarps and reshapes all matter in the universe and just takes you back in time. 14 seconds. Yeah. Like 13, 14 seconds. And wouldn't you know it? They need that. 13 to 14 seconds in the end. Yeah. Great. fun. Great writing.
1: Which I realize now, the idea of them, like the Thor- Thorians, I think they're called. They, that's the main aliens, the good guys. The idea of them shaping you their the entire... Dalmatians. The The termites. The termites yeah. and Dalmatians. Dalmatians. The idea of them basing their entire society around the historical tapes is also the thing that's rooted in Star Trek. It's one of the classic episodes of Star Trek, which I actually, I used to have a poster for, mm. um, is called A Piece of the Action. Ah. where they go to this planet that another ship has been in contact with, but it was like a really long time ago.
0: So this is Star Trek Beyond.
1: Yeah, it is. They go there and they realize, they well, they land and it's like 1930s Chicago. And there's oh. like everyone's gangsters and stuff like that. They're all wearing pinstripe suits and stuff. And they're like, what the heck is going on? And they realize at the end of the episode, after you know having to participate in essentially this gangster role play, that the previous ship had accidentally left behind a biography of Al Capone. (laughs) Oh no. So then they were like, Oh, this is the Bible. And they based (laughs) their entire world on that. No, it's a really good episode. There's also, there's another one that's like, Oh, it's weird. Like they just, it's this savage society. And then they just do the pledge of allegiance and have the American flag. And I don't remember why or what the original series of Star Trek was so weird, but it was very good. Um, so that's interesting that it, that actually the idea from the show plays into this. It's hard, though, to avoid that. Just like everything sci-fi these days, mm-hmm. you can probably trace back in some way, connect it in some way to an episode of some series of Star Trek. Yeah. Just because there's so much of it and mm-hmm. they've done everything yeah. in that like realm of sci-fi, at least. Mm. So it's, it's always funny. Like Red Letter Media, have you ever watched any of their stuff? I haven't. They are um, movie reviewers on YouTube, mm. and they're really funny and they're very good. Um, and one Not of a sponsor. them, I would sponsor them <laughs> if they paid me to do it. I would absolutely do it. Um, one of them, Mike, is a huge Star Trek fan, and almost okay. every movie they talk about, he relates it back to Star Trek. Classic. So it's this running joke of like, how long will it take Mike to start talking about Star Trek? Um, but it's good. So now we're just literally doing that. I wonder if they've talked about Galaxy Quest.
0: I wonder it'd be it'd be worth looking into.
1: Yeah. So well, you have no experience with Star Trek?
0: I really don't, other than the Chris Pine movies.
1: Yeah. Um, Interesting. Yeah, because I thought that I f- assumed just knowing you that you had at least seen a few episodes. Nah, I that's mean, strange.
0: If I had to, if I had to say, I'd watched any like old school, you know, sci-fi TV, it'd probably be Land of the Lost. Really? That was something that... There was a movie that came out. The Will Ferrell one. Very bad movie. Yeah. We don't need to talk about that. But it's based off a TV show from like the 70s, 80s. Yeah.
1: And... Well, was there one even before that? Was it a show in the 60s as well? And then it got rebooted?
0: I don't fully know, like, but Lost I remember space? watching a few of those episodes. And that was kind of traumatizing for me as a child. Really? I yeah. mean, cause it's like
1: dinosaurs and stuff. Yeah.
0: Um. So yeah, that was basically my only experience with kind of classic television that are like red skeleton comedy yeah.
1: red red skeleton yeah he <laughs> said red skeleton yeah it's red skeleton his name is red oh. skeleton well i was think, watching it i wasn't you, reading did it did you think it was red skeleton yeah that's so good i love that i i want if i could use the omega-13 to change anything I would go back in time to change Red Skeleton's name to Red Skeleton. (laughs)
0: If I could use the Omega 13, I wouldn't get there because the traps along the way are so complex.
1: But that's a great joke in itself, too. That's
0: true. So they play on the fact that the TV show had bad writing. Yeah. So they built the ship with these absurd traps to the Omega 13. Yeah. And at the whole point, Sigourney Weaver's character is saying, this is stupid, who wrote this episode? Yeah. This makes no sense. Why are there these giant mashers that could kill us? They they mean nothing yeah, for the show. Yeah, and ship.
1: Justin Long is talking about them just like it. Oh, and you'll be by the crushers then. Just like it's a normal thing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I've got the crushers in, in the back. You want to check them out? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And they get to the Omega 13. Uh, they have to walk over this like small little bridge. And they're like, this isn't impressive. It's just a giant fan below us. Yeah. Kind of like- Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, but flipped upside down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then they look up and it's this long, like
1: DNA thing. Yeah. Sort of.
0: It's Dino DNA. It does look like that. It kinda like that, but it's all blue and a little like
1: white. Like dark blue and light blue and Mr. DNA.
0: But yeah, it's like oh, that's just generic sci-fi MacGuffin right there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which it works so well. Like it's it's interesting that they play so hard on the tropes of science fiction but because of the angle they're coming at it with it just it makes sense and it works because it's so tongue-in-cheek and it's all ironic it just makes sense as opposed to like if they were trying to just make a serious sci-fi thing Mm -hmm. it would just be like oh and then they would now this is happening oh now there's the elaborate you know pointless weird hallways that lead to the thing and oh and now that guy's disguised and oh now this but it doesn't do that because it's all Like, that's the joke. The whole movie is the joke. Yes. The fact that everything is ridiculous is the point. The same way that, you know, Michael Caine playing the Muppet Christmas Carol completely straight is the funny joke. The whole point of that thing, that's the joke about that thing. There's not like, there's plenty of jokes in that movie, but the funniest thing about it is that he's doing it as though it's a totally serious production. Mm. So it's that same kind of like, the whole thing is the joke, is the idea.
0: Gotcha. And I love that. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, the fact that the whole premise seems to be like whimsical and silly and trying to subvert the genre. Yeah. And yet, in the end, how they solve and end up, you know, destroying the bad guy. Yeah. Uh, is set up pretty well in the beginning. So how it happens is while they're flying through a ship, they're being, sorry, while they're trying, wow, words. Hard. Okay.
1: They're flying the ship.
0: While our heroes are flying the ship away yeah. from the bad guy, they say, Hey, let's try to lose him in that cloud. And the aliens are like, No, that's not a cloud. It's a minefield. Yeah. That's and- no cloud. <laughs> exactly. And so what do they do? They fly into the cloud anyway. Yeah. And they find out that the the mines are magnetic yeah. and will just like cling to the ship and blow up. But don't you worry, that comes back later. Yeah. <laughs> because they go back through the minefield but go faster. Yeah. And then they fly <laughs> straight at the bad guy's ship. Yeah. Go around them, but all the mines end up right, going in their big right into the bad ship's ship. mouth. Which yeah. is
1: also kind of a design from Star Trek.
0: It looks like a giant fish.
1: Yeah, there is an episode of Star Trek, I think, called the Doomsday Machine in the original series, where there's like a big like cylindrical rock thing in space that has that big open mouth deal. Like from Dune? Yeah, it kind of looks like a big rock space worm, actually. I mean, can you pull everything from
0: Star Trek back to Dune? Is Dune...
1: Down here on my planet, farming space worms.
0: Is Dune the like the mother of all sci-fi?
1: I mean, in literature, sort of. Wow. Yeah. Let me look at... I, I Go don't know, see Dune. You, Not a sponsor. That was the last episode. Dean Parasote is the guy who directed this. He did... The new Bill and Ted. Did he do anything else that was good, maybe? The new Bill and Ted. He said Dean? Dean Pelton from Community? Yes, exactly. dean a lean Did four episodes of Justified. Um, one episode of Modern Family. He did a lot of TV. Hey, three episodes of Monk.
0: Hey, look at that. Full circle.
1: One episode of Curb. Yeah, he didn't really do anything. Did he do any stomp? Besides, no. <laughs> he didn't, hey, here's, he did an episode, four episodes of The Marshal. Oh. That's me wow but yeah he didn't really do anything besides this of any note and that's 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 wild every Wasn't time you done? see a movie like that that's just like oh who made this and they've just never done anything else in their life it's like, huh. i mean
0: honestly if you've peaked at galaxy quest that's not a bad life yeah
1: like it's like you had this movie in you and you shot it out and then you did it and that's great like stop there he didn't he kept going making bad things <laughs> but you know <laughs> it's fine um but no i love this i love this movie I think it's very good. The visual effects hold up like, yeah, they're a little bit cheesy, but I think again, because of the premise, it kind of makes sense Mm -hmm. and it kind of fits because like subconsciously you're like, Oh, it's Star Trek. It's supposed to look not amazing. Yeah. Which obviously, you know, they're trying to do their best that they can. And a lot of the shots look really good. Like the, the, the piranha babies are pretty good. Yeah. The rock monster looks rock great. Rock monster's great. Yeah, I don't Absolutely know how they up. do that. Well, I think that it doesn't look like they were on a soundstage either for mm-hmm. a good chunk of that.
0: Yeah, and you know what I want to know is what Connor. This is what I want to know. What Marshall. do you want to know? What I want to know is what love is. That too I want is you when to they crash out. on the planet. Which one? On Earth. Earth. When they come back and At it's the end towards the movie. ends of the movie, okay. They crash into Comic Con, mm-hmm. but you literally see like this big ship come through and there's no CGI, like they're destroying the stage. You can hear it splinter. That's
1: true, yeah. It's totally practical. How did they do that? Same That's a one that, and done uh, kind of thing. Yeah. I wonder, man, I wonder how much this movie cost. Because it's this guy who's never done anything else of note. Even before that, it didn't look like he'd done anything besides TV. This, this couldn't have had that big of a budget, but it had some pretty good effects you know and quite a few effect shots.
0: Let me look up the budget here real quick. Yeah, find out, Connor. Brennan. I'm going to find out.
1: I want you to look it up and find out.
0: Well, if I keep looking it up and talking at the same time, people think I can do way too much.
1: You can do. You're doing too much, Connor. You got to ch- calm down.
0: I'm calm. 45 million. Calm.
1: That's, that's not very much. No, but for even in 99, that's I little mean, adjusted
0: for inflation. What is that? Like 90
1: million? maybe that's still low
0: so good cgi that still holds. yeah
1: that's impressive all of like the 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 stuff with the ships all looked really good Uh, it would be fun if they had done like with actual models and everything but you can tell Mm. that it's cg um now
0: yeah was this also before toy story had tim ellen not been in toy story yet i think it was yeah So was this really the just like launching point for so many people? I mean, Sigourney Weaver had been in Aliens, Home Improvement had been
1: going on for years at that point.
0: Yeah, so like this was one big movie that introduced all these actors in a different role, kind of like comedy actors. I mean, Tim Allen had Home Improvement, and you, yeah. But I mean, Sam Rockwell was he even? Oh, Toy Story was
1: 1995. This is four Ah. years after Toy Story. Okay, look at that. Santa Claus was 94.
0: Gotcha. So he was a household name at this point.
1: Yeah. Gotcha. Oh. Oh, 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 oh.
0: Now, if you could replace Tim Allen in this movie with any other actor, dead, alive, here today, who do you think you'd put in there?
1: I mean, Bill Shatner would be really good, like Bill Shatner in the 80s. That would be pretty fantastic. Yeah, because I think if it was him in his Star Trek time, like the TV show, not the movies, then... I don't think it would work as well, but like seeing him in, have you seen Alien, not Alien, Airplane 2? I
0: haven't seen the second one.
1: It's Honestly, I think it's just as good as the first one. People really? just haven't seen it. Yeah, I, I I like the first one better, but the second one has a lot of really funny moments, and he's in it, and he's like the space commander really? on like a military base, I think, on the moon. And he, he has a few jokes in it that are really good. Like mm. they, one of the cadets goes up to the screen and is like pressing some buttons, and then he comes up on the screen. And he's talking to him, and they're having this whole conversation. And then he says something shocking, and Shatner's like, What? And then he opens up a door and walks through. <laughs> and he was, they were just talking through, like, a confessional booth, essentially, that whole time. And then, uh, man, there's some really good, subtle jokes in that. Like, Shatner is funnier than we give him credit for. Also, oh, just a weird, weird dude in real life. <laughs> yeah. So strange.
0: But he's been to space, so he's got he that has going been to space.
1: for him. Yeah. And he just thanked Bezos profusely for that. He was like, that was the most amazing experience of my life. That was the best day of my life. <laughs> and I was in... And his wife and children over there like, what? Wait, Bill? Dad? Yeah, and then the
0: second best thing was Miss Congeniality 2. The premiere day of Miss Congeniality 2.
1: Was I in that one? I don't remember. I, <laughs> I saw that- he almost
0: drowned in a boat. I don't know.
1: Me too. We don't need to talk about that. Oh, okay, okay.
0: Well, how else do you feel about this movie, Marshall? Well,
1: let's see. What do we? What are our five categories? Right. Our script, score, cinematography, um, performances, directing, and where it applies—visual effects. So six, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about cinematography. We didn't really talk about cinematography. It, it's not a, especially. It's
0: nothing to write about. Except the planet that they. Like fly down to get the new core. Yeah, it's well looks, shot. I think it looked really good.
1: Yeah, it's it's well shot and it's not it's not poorly done, mm-hmm. and that's an achievement in itself, especially for a comedy from this era. Mm. They were all very standard. I think it's interesting that they did at times very well emulate the style of the different like Star Trek shows and movies. Yeah, where you know, they have their flashbacks where it's showing the TV show and they're obviously trying to recreate it there, but there's moments where as the movie goes on, it just more and more becomes a Star Trek movie and it keeps being framed that way with the camera. So like the way that they are like shooting them on the bridge and everything Mm -hmm. is the way that you would do it if you were making a Star Trek movie. It's not like we're making a comedy, we'll just have the camera sit here. Like they're putting thought into it and they're making it look like a sci-fi thing.
0: So do you think this is more like a love letter to the genre that is written by a teenager?
1: Um, I don't think a teenager could have written this. This is too smart. This, this movie is really smart. Like it's it's stupid and silly, but it that takes a smart person to write a good, stupid, silly movie. That's fair enough. Because there's fair a million enough. stupid, silly movies from the 2000s and early and like late 90s that are just awful. Yeah. Most of them, I would say.
0: Destruction of cinema, right there.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it takes, especially in the early two thousands. There's just an explosion. Is like that's the gross out comedy area. Yeah, and I just just inappropriate American Pie. Like I just don't care. It's just bad. Yeah, Um, but it takes a smart person to write a stupid comedy. It's the same thing with like Monty Python. All those guys are super, super smart, but they just make the dumbest stuff. That's what I feel about that. Um, we
0: were going to talk about script just a little bit. Yeah. So while we were, um, while I was watching this movie.
1: Yeah. I'm going to, while you're talking, I'm going to look up who wrote
0: it. It was paced kind of odd. So I noticed that the, you know, the big first interaction, the bad instance, um, it just kind of kept going. And then once they got back, then the action kept coming and the big emotional scene just kind of came and went. Yeah. It I didn't have time to like sit and think, okay, that chapter's done. Oh, time for a new chapter. It was just one long chapter in my mind.
1: Yeah. That's because true. Because
0: as soon as they get, you know, the warp drive, then as soon as they get back to the ship, oh, the bad guys are on our ship. Now we have to go to the head alien um from both ships, the good and the bad, and they're just ooh it could have done with another like 20 minutes in my mind. Sure. But, I mean, at this point, I need to ask you, who wrote it?
1: Yeah, it's, this is interesting.
0: This movie is an anomaly. It's an anomaly. Was it written by, let me guess, I want to say John Favreau, but I know it's not Favreau. No. Because everything he writes is an instant classic. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Can I'm I give gonna, you a hint?
0: Yes, give me a hint. You've absolutely never heard of him. Okay, then it must be Quentin
1: Tarantino. It is. Can you it imagine? If Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> he. I hope that he does get to do that Star Trek movie that keeps getting rumored every once in a while that he's going to do. Ah, uh, more Star Trek. I would love to see that. Um, no. So this was um, written by. Uh, the story is by David Howard, who has done nothing else except for a movie in 2018 called The Trek. Which has nothing to do with Star Trek. Interesting. It's actually about Herloes. Mormons, apparently. Ah. And the screenplay is written by him and Robert Gordon. Robert Gordon, Jeff Gordon's younger brother. Exactly. Robert Gordon did do a few other things. Um, he did. He wrote Men in Black Two. The not a bad one. No, not at all. Series of unfortunate events. The movie. Personally, I enjoy that movie. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, I don't, Jim don't Carrey, dislike it. I think Jim Carrey does a better job than Neil Patrick Harris, but the series mm. is, I mean, I would say objectively better.
0: I'd say most book series should be TV shows yeah. instead of movies. Most everything, I would say,
1: yeah. if you're adapting it from a medium that Agreed. isn't a movie on its own. Except Lord um, of the Rings, which is fantastic. Perfect. Perfectly done. But that's pretty much it. He hasn't really done anything else of note. He did a movie called Wonder Park um, in 2019. Oh, is
0: that like an animated one with yeah. the animals and fantastic like roller coasters and things like that yeah looks yeah I never saw generic uh ah, dreamWorks or blue sky
1: productions mr blue you just get it right <laughs> yes, yes. night and if yeah, you so it's weird this movie is just made by people who have never done anything else and they just had fun yeah you can tell it's just good
0: <laughs> you know what's the best thing about this movie. what is the best
1: thing about this soundtrack it's really
0: good i no joke so i work at a church and one of the themes i also over the, work at a church yes we work at the same church what yeah ain't that fun we should hang out no, we're doing it right now we, what? Don't, we don't need to hang out more than this okay uh so for one of the themes of you know the kids ministry this past like year yeah it was among the stars like you're gonna I, say Among Us, and I was like, like, No, you didn't do that. No. it was like Among the Stars. and I specifically picked the Galaxy Quest Did you really theme. As kids enter the room, it was a... that no way. Yeah, and they were just like, Yeah, this is great. And I was like, Yeah, this is better than I remember. Wow. That's great. I love the main song. I think it's, it's also
1: it's very Star Trek. It is. Like I Dude, Jeff Gordon and the other guy who wrote this movie, they must have a really large love for Star Trek because Something they hard. they emulate it. Ron Howard, and <laughs> Ron Howard and Jeff Gordon wrote this movie. They emulated Star Trek so well, right down to the, who did the music. We we should research. You know Andy what? There's Michetti. a documentary about this movie that came out really like in 2018, which is one of the reasons I was like should we do this next week so we can watch this documentary? I would
0: love to watch this documentary.
1: It's that one is streaming on Prime.
0: Well, there we go. I paid $4 for this movie, but
1: yeah. the fun just keeps going for free. Um, now who did the soundtrack? Because it is it's genuinely really good. Um, the Howard Shore did um, the No, not Howard Shore. <laughs> I'm thinking of Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan right now. I'm trying to remember who did that one. He's a really notable dude. Uh, oh, something Horner. <laughs> James, James, Horner. James Horner. He did Star Trek 2 and that is an amazing theme. Um, the new one or
0: the old one? Wrath of Khan. Wrath
1: of Khan. Composer was David
0: Newman. Hey, that's a recognizable name.
1: Yeah, he did a lot of a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff. Randy Newman. Nope. You gotta friend in me. That sounds nothing like Randy Newman. Well, you have you got a friend in me. Kind of me. Speaking of Tony Schiavone, huh. he did the theme song for Monk. Um, Tarzan. Most recently, let's just go to the beginning because I know this guy's done a ton of stuff. David Newman also did. I feel like David Newman did uh, Finding Nemo. Bill and mm. Ted. Thomas do, 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 do. Newman. That's Thomas. Did Newman. Finding You're right. Nemo. You're right. Maybe we just were thinking Thomas Newman and this guy How isn't How many Newmans movable. are in music? Newman. <laughs> What's with all the soundtracks? I can't hear anything over all the music. Yeah, buddy. I got too cars and coffee. What's the deal? Coneheads. Okay, maybe we were thinking of Thomas Newman and this guy hasn't done very much at all, actually. Tommy Boy, he's done a bunch of uh, comedies, it looks like. Hey, Matilda, did you know it was Danny DeVito's birthday yesterday? Oh, we talked about that.
0: Well, yes, we talked about that, but not in front of these microphones.
1: Yes, yesterday, Wednesday, was Danny DeVito's 77th birthday. Dude, what is with this movie? Everyone in this movie, David Newman is the most prolific person in this movie so far, outside of the cast. I need to watch this documentary because I (laughs) want to know how this movie got made because no one involved in it besides the cast seems to have any experience doing anything of note at all. And then they don't ever again. Did we fall into the darkest timeline and this is the best movie in the darkest timeline? Maybe. Hmm. It's bizarre. The music is really good. I love the music. If you haven't heard it, look up the soundtrack to this and also to I'll, I'll put a little snippet in right here. you heard it that was pretty cool wow and now I'm enthralled just because I love it here's a little snippet of like the wrath of Khan as well because it's amazing it's one of the best um like fanfares of all time in my opinion So now you've heard Star Trek things. Whoa. You've heard what all the music sounds like, and that's cool. Um, let's see what we got. Uh, we talked about the actors. We talked about the script, the score, the cinematography, the directing, sort of. We talked about the guy. I think it was competently directed. I don't know how much influence like a director has on a movie like this. Like you're steering the ship, but how many special decisions are there to be made I feel like this guy would also have to have a pretty hefty love for Star Trek. Yeah. Because th- this is the thing, like it's a spoof of that st- that type of stuff, but it- I don't think at any point it's really making fun of Star Trek.
0: No, it's more like, like a passion project yeah, alluding to Star Trek. There's
1: a great, great love for that franchise underneath this movie. and you, <laughs> It really shows because they understand it very well and they live in those tropes very well in yeah. a way that isn't inauthentic and doesn't feel stupid Mm -hmm. which is so difficult because so often star trek feels stupid
0: but this doesn't i I find it uh very interesting that the homage to star trek was so strong in this movie kind of like how the aliens paid homage to you know the tv show they saw but what's interesting to me about that is they built the entire like ship based Mm. off the set on the tv show yeah but the people the aliens themselves yeah were were different than people they, they
1: shape-shifted
0: yeah they shape-shifted but they also like their mannerisms at some point were very alien and just like being goofy to be goofy yeah and then sometimes they were very human and it was very it it just took me out of it at sometimes
1: I, th- I think for me it worked because what it looks like to me is that they are trying to be human mm-hmm. and they're trying kind of like commander data from star Trek, the next generation. Like they're trying very hard to be human, but and, they're acting, but, like but they're humans. humans.
0: Yeah, exactly. But they didn't have a concept of acting.
1: Yeah. Well, they're not acting what? like humans. They're trying to emulate humans. They're not pretending to be other people. They're That's just trying okay. to adapt the mannerisms of, I retract all of statements earlier. Yeah. yes Hmm. It'd be interesting oh. to see what they would cuz it's I mean it's not like they don't have like basic consciousness and mm-hmm. like conversational and social ability in their regular form. I think the only difference is more the like phraseology that they're mm-hmm. using. They're trying to like speak in like human phrases and stuff and uh, emote the way that humans do or maybe it's just because of the shape changing thing. They're just acting as they normally would regardless but it's coming off weird because that's not how humans are. Mm. I don't know. Hmm.
0: Very, very fair.
1: You're thinking very deeply about this. Yeah, I'm thinking
0: way too much about this.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, it's worth it. They thought deeply about it, clearly. Sorry, my mind kind
0: of went off into the land of how many of these actors are now in the MCU? I think only... Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, she was in Defenders, the TV show.
1: Which probably doesn't count technically.
0: Now. Yeah, it doesn't count
1: because they're rebooting those characters like soft rebooting them into the MCU. Yeah, supposedly. keeping
0: a lot of the same actors. But I don't think her character will come in. Yeah. She Alan wasn't that big of a deal. Rickman is not. No, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. Justin Hammer.
1: Tim Allen is not.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Monk could come
1: in at some point. I feel like Tony Shaloub is just prime for being some weird character in the he MCU. Could, he
0: could be like a new Shield agent. That's he's just so like good, kind of around,
1: and he's a great actor too. Like, have you seen Monk? I have seen. So, bits like, and pieces. that character is so opposite to his mm-hmm. character, and he's might be my favorite in this movie. Him really? or or um, Snape or Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Yeah. They're both incredible in this for the opposite reason. Like, he is so against Alan Rickman's character is just like. This is the worst. I'm getting out of here. This sucks. And Tony Schlupe's character, it just isn't phased by anything. Mm-hmm. He's just like, this is normal, and this is the next step of what I'm doing now. And now I'm doing this, and nothing is weird about any of this. And it's very funny watching him just very nonchalantly move into whatever they're doing. It gets beamed up. Is eating a candy bar. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> That's uh. a hell of a thing. He says, "Wow, wow." They're all like freaking out, and he just like, "Huh?" Cue Sam Rockwell. Neat. <gasps> And Sigourney Weaver, oh no, ah, scared me. No. She doesn't say that. she, just, <laughs> no, she She's just like, ah, darn it, scared me. That's what she says there. Alan Rickman, let me pull out my notes here because I have a couple of questions I want to ask you and I have a few notes. Um, I would love to answer some questions. Well, maybe I'll ask you my questions then, geez. Um, let's see what do I have here. Sam Rockwell screams, whatever. Rain Wilson's first role. Tony Shalhoub on phased is really good. Alan Rickman... Alan Rickman just kills it in this movie. I, I think love it. We're so used to seeing him as like the very serious Snape mm-hmm. character and like Hans uh Hans Gruber, all these very like serious villain types mm-hmm. that it's disturbing and weird to see him doing something else. And I don't know about disturbing, but it's it's, it's strange at first because we're yeah. you don't expect it from him, but he's a very funny comedic actor. And it, it is funny
0: because the character he plays is supposed to be kind of this washed up, theatrical, yeah. and tr- like theater trained actor. Yeah, and Alan Rickman is that. Well, he's not washed up, but he was like no, but he is that a he trained. is a theater trained, like from the stage, like Hamlet kind of guy.
1: I think he's easily the most prestigious best actor in the movie. Yeah, Sigourney Weaver's probably a second. Yeah, she
0: she's more eclectic in her roles. I don't think you ever find a role where she serves in this archetype ever again. No. This is like a one and done for her. Yeah.
1: Which is it's very, like, even with Alien, she didn't want to come back and do Alien movies mm-hmm. for the most part. They just paid her, like, so much money that she was like, I guess I'll be Ripley again. Yeah. Yeah. But Alan Rickman is great. One, uh, one of my favorite running things in this movie is just that he never takes off the the prosthetic, <laughs> even when there's that shot of after the convention. Yeah. and Or that day of the convention, and Sigourney Weaver is called... Um, called him on the phone and he's just in his house wearing regular clothes, but he still has the prosthetic on. Yeah. So I don't know if it's because, like, well, it's easier to just keep it on for the whole convention or like what that is, but he never takes it off for the entire movie. Yeah. Which is but very good.
0: At some point in like the final battle, you'll see strains of hair coming out of the prosthetic. Yeah. But, Cause he's been getting in fights and stuff. But it's basically him wearing this makeup the entire time. Yeah.
1: And then my favorite line in the whole movie is probably. Um never after give up, never, never surrender. surrender. After the first big fight that happens and everyone's just like super zonked. They're like, What the heck was that? Alan Rickman, Alex, he just stands up and starts to walk out. And Sigourney Weaver's like, What are you doing? Where are you going? And he just yells, To see if there's a pub. <laughs> it's like that's v- but in like that very deep, very British, powerful voice. It's it's very, very good. He's just done. He's had it. Yeah. It's like, I need a drink. Did you notice the uh, weird 1999 Skype on Justin Long's computer? I don't think I did. There was a video chat, which there's no way that existed in 1999. I don't know. There was like a little video chat that popped up in the corner of his but friend when he, he called his friend. He was a
0: tech genius.
1: I guess. I mean, but I that's we'll have to talk to someone who's older and wiser than us. Cause I, I, they don't exist. Can't. It's impossible. We're the oldest and widest. Why? <laughs> Why? I
0: am the oldest and Dang widest it. person. Dang it. In this room. <laughs> Bam. He got me. I need Ouch. to set
1: up my soundboard on this computer so I can like press the different buttons for this point. point at which computer for the people again. Uh, ah, they can it. <laughs> Darn it. Gotcha. At some point I do want to get like video for this side or something. I don't mm. know. Figure it which out. Which side? Point for the uh, this side. Ah, what?
0: Got him again. What do you
1: mean? Is this? I'm, I'm just talking about this side.
0: No, he's tricking you all. Anywho, um, any other notes? notes.
1: Uh, I love that nothing makes sense on the ship because it's all made up. Yes. Um, Alexander's redemption and reaction to Quellic's death. He Alan is Rickman the same Alexander. Yeah, same tier as go Montoya's final fight. Yeah. Okay. Here's my questions. Yes. I have I one them. question that is more specifically about the movie and another mm-hmm. that is less about the movie. Okay. Do you think, and I, I I, I struggle to believe that they were never doing this at any point, but do you think that there could be, should be a sequel, reboot, TV series, anything like that? If they do that, what form should it come in, do you think?
0: You know, I don't think there's enough material. Yeah. I think this is a concept that serves well as a movie.
1: Yeah. This would
0: be a one-season kind of TV show and then done.
1: Yeah, I was that was what I was saying. Bob was asking me about it this morning because I was saying we were going to record, you know, mm-hmm. Galaxy Quest. And he, he asked me the same question. I was like, I don't think it could work as a TV show. I really don't. Because the whole point is that they grow into these characters. And at a certain point, if it was a TV show, it's just it just becomes Star Trek at mm-hmm. a certain level, at which yeah. point you've lost the joke. Yeah, because...
0: The joke would just get tired after so many, like, episodes that they've rehashed. Like, you remember that one time on that one planet? Yeah. It's like, you've made all the jokes you can. It's a good, you know, hour 40, maybe not even that long. Yeah. But I don't want any more than that.
1: Yeah. Eventually, if you're trying to do a sitcom out of this, I don't think that works. Mm -mm. Which is unfortunate. I don't think they should reboot. I don't. I, most things, I don't think they should reboot. I think there's certain things that could work really well as a rebooted franchise or individual movie. I don't think this needs it. Mm-hmm. I think that they could do a sequel. They I could. Think, I, I don't know what I think it would be. We could probably, you know, we could write brain, it. We could brainstorm that out. We're teenagers. We could write it. Me and Ben did an episode where we wrote an Indiana Jones movie. Should we write a Galaxy Quest movie? I don't want to do that. Neither do I. <laughs> but we could I really don't. we would if and if we did it it would be the best one and no one can tell us differently because you can't prove a negative
0: that's true we have a podcast i don't know if the director has a podcast
1: that so. guy he didn't do anything <laughs> we're famous compared yeah. to him so yeah that's what i have to say about that here's my other question yes uh before we go to this question galaxy quest yes or no yes yes absolutely yes absolutely yes everyone should watch galaxy quest it's a great movie um, it maybe it may not maybe not with your kids there's a few yeah. inappropriate bits but you know you can judge that I would say if your kid is like 13 yeah early teens yeah yeah
0: mid to early teens somewhere in that like if there's a one before your other number in your age or after or after if there's a two then you're fine
1: yeah or a, just a one
0: either way Watch it before you watch it with kids.
1: Eric, you should probably show this to Henry as yeah. soon as you can.
0: Shout out to Eric Kuhl. Yeah. Yeah. I made his baby cry the other day. It was very funny. I feel really bad about it, it was so It was
1: funny. And then Eric came over and said, Henry never cries like that. It was really weird. And then it was really funny.
0: And it's even worse because I I work with kids.
1: Yeah, you do. I You're in charge I always say of like,
0: wow, I love kids. But kids, man, Henry.
1: Yeah. What happened, man? You're just you're too likable. Couldn't
0: handle it. Too good at peekaboo, I
1: guess. Too good at peekaboo. Really scared him. That's my new hit single. Awesome. Um, And what is your question? That's what we think of Galaxy Quest. Um, You should watch it. Here's my question: Sci-fi franchises, just in general. Mm -hmm. What do you like? What's what? Give me like your sci-fi franchise. Yeah, give me like your top like. We're talking about sci-fi stuff. What's your top sci-fi thing? It's not even just movies necessarily. Like, give me like novels, video games, whatever. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm. Are you much of a sci-fi guy? Because like you like Harry Potter, and that's fantasy. So are you more fantasy or sci-fi?
0: I'm more fantasy. So science fiction is well and good.
1: Yeah, but you're more Uh, of a loader guy.
0: Yes. I would much rather watch Lord of the Rings or read the book of Harry Potter, or even you know, back like in junior high when I read, you know, Percy Jackson series, all that stuff. Sure, yeah. It was just the fantasy worlds I would get enthralled in. The science fiction, it's great, but it's not exactly my cup of tea.
1: I feel like it's hard to do either of them these days just because all of the best ones are like, they have these huge pedigrees at this point. Mm-hmm. It's my dad. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Thanks, dad. Boogie, woogie, woogie. Yeah. Um, but uh, like Lord of the Rings is this huge thing. And now like Wheel of Time is coming out on Amazon. I've heard about this, but I know nothing about it. Wheel of Time is like one of the all time fantasy novels series it's oh, a long it's long series yeah there's like 20 books in this series or something oh yikes and the author died before he could finish them oh no so then i think brian brandon cranston sanderson ah uh-huh. you know the who i'm d- talking about other
0: brandon sanderson yeah yeah The he has commercials author. for his books
1: does he yeah
0: he'll be like have you read my new book
1: by brian mistborn Sanderson?" mistborn or something
0: yeah something like that
1: he's done a lot of like really really notable oh is he the Ironheart or Steelheart?
0: Maybe. Yeah, like all the books are interconnected, like a Stephen King thing. Kind of. Yeah. It's like the MCU, but for books. Interesting.
1: I don't know. He's he's just like a really notable like fantasy author, and he I, is apparently finishing out the last few of those wow. books.
0: What a torch to take on. Yeah,
1: it's crazy, and his like that guy's widow specifically picked him out, apparently. Wow. Which is it's crazy. So Amazon Fantastic. is doing a series on that, and the tough thing is it really getting Seinfeld syndrome in all the reviews is mm. that people are watching it the reviewers and critics are watching it and being like this just feels like Game of Thrones light mm. it's like well that's because this invented everything that Game of Thrones did and yeah, then that's Game hard. of Thrones did it better later it's like
0: it's hard to watch it was hard for me to watch Dune without comparing it to like a Star Wars yeah. space opera
1: even though like it's a very different vibe yeah. you can, there's still a lot of shared DNA
0: I had to remind myself that It's not the fact that Dune took it from Star Wars. It's the fact that Star Wars took it from Dune, put it on the silver screen first, and then
1: Dune came around. I mean, everything about Star Wars is stolen. George Lucas didn't really have a single original idea throughout that entire thing. It's very, the first movie at least, is extremely bog standard, but it was so new and different at the time that it exploded the way it did. Hmm. But not to say that there's anything wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) I love. That's it. one of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld. It's very good. Yeah, we don't need to get into that episode. <laughs> I think it's very funny. <laughs> it's a good episode. Um, we got our Superman stuff here, like like Jerry. That's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to do sci-fi and fantasy in the modern day because of yeah. that Seinfeld syndrome. Like mm-hmm. so much of it has already been done, mm-hmm. which is why like like I. I feel like I lean more towards fantasy in, like, I don't know, maybe in, like, in certain media, I prefer fantasy, and in certain media, Mm -hmm. I prefer sci-fi. Like, video games, I feel like I generally go towards sci-fi more than I do fantasy. I would agree with that, though. Yeah. I would
0: agree as well. I I mean, I don't play many video games at all, but I can... I can say like a Halo, like a science fiction. Sure, yeah. Halo. I played Halo.
1: Yeah, well, I'm going through um, the Mass Effect Remastered Trilogy right mm-hmm. now. I'm in Mass Effect 2, and it's basically if Star Trek was a video game, yeah. it's the same developers as uh, Knights of the Old Republic. So there's a lot of that same R-G- RGB, RPG, like um, DNA. is mm. a lot of DNA I know DNA. Yeah. Is like through that, and you can see that. And it's really, really good, and it's extremely well written. And you just get absorbed into that. And, you know, they also do fantasy stuff, but it's just never interested me for some reason. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, neat. Yeah. That's been our talk on things. And um, now we're going to end this episode. Yeah. Because we
0: like things, but we don't want to talk about things anymore.
1: And we're recording two episodes tonight.
0: hey So
1: we have a whole other hour-ish to go. Perfect. Woo! I'm excited. But yeah, thanks everyone for listening to this episode. This has been me and Connor talking about one of our favorite movies, uh, Galaxy Quest. Um, it's really good and we love it. If you want to contact the show, you can do so. Tell us what you think of Galaxy Quest. Tell us your favorite sci-fi movie, your favorite sci-fi trope maybe that you see in this movie, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, you can get in contact with the show at Pod on Instagram. Uh, also on Gmail, that's the same thing. CinemaloungePod at gmail.com. I'm at Parish underscore art on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, Twitch as well. I'm hopefully going to start streaming again soon, which I say every time we do an episode. Um, but I, I mean it, um, especially with battlefield out now, I think it could be fun to do some battlefield streams just for fun. Me and herbal always talk about doing, um, what is it? Cuphead. And then we just haven't, uh, but maybe we will know what I mean, Connor. I'm just going
0: to shake my head. Yes. Like I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: Do you have anything that you want to tell the people about?
0: I'm not on social media. don't friend me.
1: I respect that. I wish I could do that. I really, really, really wish I could do that. I'm very jealous of you in that.
0: I have Facebook, and that's it. Yeah, I never get on.
1: Yeah, I have my dumb my art business and everything, and I'm and that's like my only source of mm. doing anything with that. Mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. I have to have the Instagram and everything, which is annoying. and I hey. don't like it. It's a time your socks off, man. I'm wearing one sock right now and you can't prove otherwise. You're right, because I don't have social media. Dang you. Yes. Uh, Can't post a picture? What can I do? That's right. Well, everyone, that has been the episode. Thanks for listening to the episode. Next episode, I don't know if this is going to come out first or if the episode on the Eternals is going to come out first. Hmm. So probably Eternals just because that's more recent. Um, But everyone, next week or last week, expect the Eternals. All right, that's not confusing. Yeah, last week or next week you will hear or have heard the Eternals. And that's what the show is. And I'm kind of padding time just so I don't have to edit this because I can see the end theme tune coming up on the <laughs> the waveform. Boo, he doesn't want to work. I don't. Well, I'm going to have to go put that music in too. I should have marked when we talked about that. Oh, okay. That's unfortunate. No. Um but yeah, I don't know what we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks after that. We'll see. Probably Cowboy Bob or the Witch or something. Go. Cool. I can hear it coming in. Hold on. Wait. Three. Two. Wow, it's one. just I should have ah. Oh. It's almost the, I did it. Is just taking
0: Oh. I hope you hate the anticipation.
1: Wait. You know what? You know what's funny? What? That's not the end theme. That's just the second hour of the soundscape. Oh man. We have to keep going. No. Okay. Thanks for everyone for listening. I've been Marshall. I've been Connor.